Did it again. Good morning, everybody. So I know y'all probably looking like, wow, this is a different setup. Yeah, we, um, my knees was hurting last time, so I had to sit down this time, all right? So don't judge your pastor, okay? Just let me get some rest for my knees. But how many of you all are just, you know, thankful for this relationship series so far? Okay. How many of y'all have been thankful for this relationship month so far? We've had, we've had some fun this month with, with married couples, with the singles. Where they were playing Uno the other night, and uh, it got a little heated in there. I thought I was going to have to go in there and break it up. Um, but today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. Everybody say emotional intelligence. And uh, me and my lovely bride are going to... Uh, walk you all through emotional intelligence because we want you to be emotionally intelligent here. We don't only want you to be spiritually intelligent, but we want you to be emotionally intelligent as well. Because a lot of times in churches, people are so spiritually deep that they're no earthly good. Because they don't have control over their emotions. And they don't know how to handle their emotions in a way that will allow them to live, allow them to live a great life. See, God sent his son that we may have life and have life more abundantly. Amen. So um, I'm going to ask my beautiful bride to open up with prayer this morning, and then we're going to jump in. Are you all ready? If you're ready, say ready. Awesome. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together today to hear your word, to live your word, to do your word. God, what we ask is that you come in here and you bring in something that we have never seen or heard before and that you do a new things in our mind and in our hearts. God, we want to be renewed. We need to be refreshed, God. We surrender ourselves in this moment and we accept all that you are and all that you have done and all that you will be, God. We know that you are our strength. We know that we can lean into you. We ask for a renewing of our minds. We ask for a refreshing of the spirit. Today we open ourselves to hear your message. We love you and we honor you. Amen. 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 So if you all would, there is no outline today, so uh, you're going to have to write your own notes. Uh, did you know that if you take notes that you're 75% more likely to get into heaven? Everybody like, what? False. That's false. That's <laughs> false news, all right? All right? 99% of the statistics that pastors give are false, okay? So make sure you study for yourself. That's why the scripture says, study to show yourself approved, a workman not needing to be ashamed. So, so you need to study to show yourself approved, amen? So if you would, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, and uh, we're going to do a little bit small recap, and then we're going to get into... Uh, emotional intelligence. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. I love sharing the stage with you, by the way. I have to do this more often. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Everybody at Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, if you're not there, uh, you can follow along on the screen. Uh, if you did not bring your Bible to today, there's no judgment here. Um, because we have the Bible readily available for you on the screen. So this is what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. 
Now, when we hear this, we, we often think that um, they were So oftentimes when we hear this, we think that um, the man and his wife were just naked physically, but they were also naked emotionally as well. And so that means that they were able to be vulnerable um, with one another. And so what we discovered in our first session together, me and Lady Pilar, we discovered this, that in order for your marriage to thrive, you have to have a healthy view of yourself and your spouse because unhealthy views lead to unhealthy decisions. Unhealthy decisions lead to unhealthy spouses. And unhealthiness is a vicious cycle that the enemy attempts to employ to break up the family. So today we know that the enemy is trying to break up the family in every way that he can. So if the enemy can break up the family spiritually, if he can break up the family emotionally, then he has done his job. But we want to help you today to, to be emotionally strong. Everybody say emotionally strong. Because a lot of times today, people are unhealthy emotionally, which leads to them making decisions that are not in alignment with their desired outcome for life. So what do I mean by that? I mean this. Emotions are indicators, not dictators. Because oftentimes, we allow our emotions to dictate to us our decisions. So our emotions, we, we, get, we, we get in a frenzy, and our emotions say that you should do it like this, and we make a decision that is unhealthy because we made, a un, we made a decision based off our emotions instead of based off of truth. Yes, yes. We're sharing the mic today, y'all. So I always say, in order to know your emotions, you have to be aware of yourself. It is impossible to name a feeling if you're not paying attention to you. And a lot of the times we have been taught and we have heard that we need to pay attention to everyone around us and never ourselves, which leads us to a space of emotional inintelligence because we have no knowledge of ourselves. And this is a space where the enemy presents himself often, well beyond marriage. This is in the early stages of life. If we are distracted from seeing ourselves, from knowing God, then we will never make it to the intelligence needed to create something like this or to build genuine friendships or to be good parents. There is a requirement to know God, to see yourself. It is impossible to know yourself without knowing God. And once we know us, then we can begin to understand each other. There is value in recognizing who you are and what you feel because that allows you to recognize who he is and what he feels. So that means that we have to be aware. Everybody say aware. And a lot of times awareness is not taught, um, especially in a, in a spiritual setting, because we think that you know once we, we get saved, we figured everything out. That's not true. Once you get saved, your eternal destination is set, but you also have to do some inner work you have to also become aware of where you are in life. Um, and so, babe, I want to ask you this. What do you say um, about us allowing our emotions to be dictators? I think that it is a grand tool of the enemy. And I say that because our emotions, like he said, are indicators, which means that we're talking to ourselves. Something is happening, but it is not a guider. I often equate emotions to toddlers. Y'all seen mine. 
He cannot drive my car any day. And if I would not let Trip drive my car, why would I let my emotions drive my choices? Because what it's gonna do is end me in a ditch, out of line, out of place, and I'm no longer in the will of God because I'm not listening to the voice of God. I'm listening to my feelings, my thoughts. And we heard something good the other day. Our thoughts, we, we feed our thoughts because we think they're ours. But when we become aware of the fact that the enemy will plant thoughts, then we can begin to get in our line and recognize, oh, that thought isn't for me, that thought isn't mine, and when that thought is no longer mine, I don't have to feed it. I can subdue that thing because we have dominion. We've been given the authority. That's good. I just be trying to, like, I just be kind of basking in what she be saying because it's just so much wisdom coming from her. You going to do that at home, too? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So we, we are here. We are here, okay? We're here, okay? So y'all know we have arrived, all right? So today, we, we want to lean into being emotionally intelligent and emotionally healthy. And in order for us to be emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent, uh, we need to know what the other requires. Um, so let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 19. And, um, yeah. Everyone there? If you're there, say there. If you're not, say wait on me. Wait on you, okay. You can't wait too long, though, because the time is ticking. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 9. And I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version. It says this. It says, clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Be gentle and forbearing with one another, and if one has a difference, a grievance or complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive." So stop. Let's stop right there. So just as God has freely forgiven us by sending his son to die for our sins, we have to learn how to freely forgive other people as well. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, members of Christ, one body, you are also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the words spoken by Christ the Messiah have his home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all this richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom and spiritual things as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody to God with his grace in your hearts. And whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Wives, be subject to your husbands, subordinate, and adapt yourselves to them as it is right and fitting in your proper duty to the Lord. Husbands, love your wife, be affectionate and sympathetic with them, and do not, be, do not be harsh or bitter or resentful toward them. Ooh, that was a lot of reading, wasn't it? Absolutely. So, babe, I want to ask you this. What stands out most to you uh, in this passage of Scripture? Okay. Well, what I know that stands out to most people in this scripture is the portion about women submitting themselves to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. Um, I think that the concept of that has been instilled in this church, the idea that there is God first and then husband and then wife. And to know that is to present a place of power to know that to be led by someone who is led by the creator makes it easy to submit it makes it easy to say you know what i'm going to trust you i'm going to honor you i'm going to respect your position because i know that you are committed to god and to his message and his will for our lives that's good so so today we want to make it super practical for you and we want to give you five emotional needs for women and five emotional needs for men. And so we're going to let the ladies go first because I am a gentleman. So, babe, would you share with us five emotional needs for women? Can we take turns? Yes. Yes. In the spirit of equality because God made us equal. Yeah. Yeah, let's take turns. All right, so number one for let, – let me preface this by saying all of these are emotional needs of all of us. But the scripture says that there are certain things specifically that a woman and a wife should receive. And there are things that a man should receive. So hear this, but hear this with the understanding that this could apply male or female. The number one emotional need for women is to be positioned. And what I mean by that is to understand that you matter. And to know that the creator God placed us here with purpose. So we're just going to turn over to, I'll just read it if it doesn't hit the screen. We're going to turn over to 1 Corinthians 11.10. And I'll read this. This is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. However, in the Lord, the woman is not independent of the man, and the man is not independent of the woman. For just as woman came from man, so man comes through woman, and in all things come from God. The idea, as we talked about before, that God created man, and then he created female, although that is the process, the position is that male and female are one. That my brother is my brother, my husband is one with me, my cousin is one with me. There is authority given to women to have dominion, to subdue the earth, and to walk in purpose. And to have that piece of knowledge gives us a sense of emotional strength and guidance and wisdom and safety 
that we can't get from any other place. That's good. That's really good. So, Big Dave, you ready to jump around? Because we're going to jump around on this. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, so, so, so for for women, the first one is to be positioned, to be um, to be empowered. Uh, for men, the first one is to be preferred. Men say preferred. There we go. And what does that mean? That means to be respected, um, because this, the scripture says for um, the wife to respect the husband. Now, um, it's not saying that the man disrespects the woman, but for in order for a man to thrive, he needs to be preferred. He needs to be respected. We we need to be respected, and it's not a it's not a thing of respect that. You gonna respect me, and it's not that type of mindset when it when it talks about respect. It it actually talks about respect from a place of humility, and not a place of of trying to force someone to do something. Because we should never try to force anybody to do anything in in our lives. Because the scripture says, "Oh no man, but to love him." So with love, true love doesn't force you because true love gives you a choice. Because God gives you a choice. God gave the children of Israel a choice because he loved them. He gave them a choice. He said, I'm setting before you a choice between a blessing or a choice between a curse. Choose ye this day which one you will pick. And so God loves us enough because in order for there to be free will, there needs to be true choice because God is a God of love. Everybody say God is a God of love. God is a God of love. So, so the first emotional need for men is, is for us to be Preferred. Everybody say preferred. Preferred. Lady P. I prefer you. And because I prefer him, I know that I am partnered with him. Partnership is the second emotional need for women. As he mentioned, respect is important. And I think that oftentimes we consider the woman to be a lesser vessel and to be aware that our partnership in life, in our purpose, in God, to know that we are partnered with God creates a space where we can be partnered with man. We are partnered to our purpose. And having that information, being aware that we are in connection, willingly, lovingly, by choice, as a preference, gives us a freedom. So I'm partnered with you. Yes, yes. And I'm partnered with God. And I'm partnered with purpose. And that's, that's what it's about. This, see, one thing that my dad taught me um, was this. He was saying, he, he would always teach me that your spouse should be your partner. This, your spouse should not be the person you're in competition with. Your spouse should be your partner. You, you should partner because a partnership is, is, is much better than one person trying to control everything. And so when we have, when we partner together, then we, see, see, when we are, see, there's a song that says this. It says we are, um, we are a, what is it? We are a force when we're, when we're together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We are movement by ourselves. Thank you. And we see, thank you. Thank you. We are movement by ourselves, but we are a force when we work together. See, when me and her work together, we see things happen because God honors when, when see, when, when two are in agreement, the scripture says, how can two walk together unless they agree? When two are in agreement, we are more powerful than if we were trying to do it by ourselves. And it's, it's, it's as, as 
as men sometimes, it, it's hard for us to, um, because we think we know it all, and we have an ego. Men, can we say we have an ego? Yes, we have an ego, right? And so we think that we know everything, but we have to understand that God is the all-knowing God. And once we partner with him, then he will teach us how to partner with others. And so that leads us to the second emotional need for men, uh, which is positivity. Everybody say positivity. And what do I mean by that? Men need to be built up. The same thing the three-year-old hears, the 30-year-old needs to hear too. What do I mean by that? When you, when you tell your three-year-old, when I tell a trip, when I tell my two-year-old, hey, trip, man, you're strong. You're a leader. You this. He, you can see him perk up and he, he can get happy. The man in his 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s need to hear that from his spouse as well because we need to be built up. Because when we are built up, then that means that we feel like we can conquer the world. And so this is what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 15 through 16. It says, a nagging spouse is like the drip, 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 drip of a leaky faucet. You can't turn it off and you can't get away from it. So how many of you all have, have ever had a, a, a drip, a, a, a leaky faucet drip? And it's been real annoying and irritating, right? And so that's what the scripture is, is comparing to a nagging spouse. So men, we, we need positivity. We need to be built up. Everybody say built up. Lady P. Built up. And from that building creates a covering. And this covering is what women need, and that is to be protected. We need to feel secure. We need to feel led. We need to feel guided. We need to feel like we can trust. And that is trust our sisters, trust our brothers, trust anyone that we are in connection with. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 11, verse 3. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. So if we know that the thing that we're leaning into is strengthened by the thing that made all things, that creates an empowerment that can't be forced, that can't be created by anything that we do. And I know that because I am connected to a husband, to a family, to a friend group that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, I am secure. I am connected. I am covered. I can trust the words of my sisters because I know that they are giving life from a life-breathing thing, and that's the word of God. I know that if I come to my husband with an issue, I can be led into the Holy Spirit to find wisdom, to find strength, because I know that I have a husband who is submitted to God. Find your people, and we recognize our people to protect us through how they submit to God. What words are they speaking? What actions are they taking? Does this match the word? And if it doesn't, bye-bye. That's good. So, so um, the next one for men is persistence. Everybody say persistence. And what do we mean by that? We mean this. Men need to be believed in. We need to have a helpmate because that's what the scripture says that the woman is. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. 
And the scripture says, it says, now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper, suitable, adapted, complementary for him. So, so as men, we need to be believed in because when you, when you believe in us, it builds us up. It strengthens us as a man to be believed in. And that goes back to being built up, basically, because when we believe in and we're built up, then we have, we have power to know that we can do anything that we set our minds to. So everybody say persistence. Persistence. AP. All right, I'm going to read this scripture first. It's one of my favorites. It is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And it reads, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. And this wasn't planned. We hadn't discussed this. The build-up portion just happened like that. Um, I want to kind of break this down into a literal, like how we learn English and to read it. It says, therefore, encourage. And what we know about the word therefore is that something happened before that. And oftentimes in life, something is always happening before that, right? It's like one thing and then another thing and then another thing and another thing. But what we know is that although we encourage, and how do we encourage? We encourage by the building of each other, by the sharing of the word, by the returning to scripture. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. So if you haven't started speaking to each other, talking to each other, encouraging and building up each other, now is the time to start. And then we never stop. We just continue to do that thing, continue to do that thing. I'm going to go over to Proverbs 11. All right, 1115, and it reads, if someone puts up security for a stranger, he will suffer for it, but the one who hates such agreements is protected. One more time, if someone puts up security for a stranger, he will suffer for it, but the one who hates such agreements is protected. So the scripture tells us that we are to want and to need security and protection. And oftentimes we think that that means making, making ourselves a fortress, not having anyone in, not letting anyone out. But what that means is to create healthy, good boundaries, which requires open and honest communication. Pastor Jay, can you speak to that? What's the question again? What is open, honest, and good communication? Yeah, so open, honest, and com good communication in a relationship is where you're not afraid to voice what is in your heart or what is on your mind. You're, 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 you're not saying, okay, well, I'm going to just bottle this thing up because you know that something bottled up too long. Like if you, if you shake up a Coke that's been in carbonation for too long and you open that Coke up, then it'll explode everywhere. But what we, what we want to do as people, we want to make sure that we are, we, we want to be like the water bottle. We want to be open and honest and not explode when it's time to be vulnerable in a time space, when that time space is happening. And so, yeah. 
Never said it, but the thing that we need is to be protected. That was to be praised, number four. Absolutely, it is to be praised. I'm sorry. (laughs) So number four for women is to be praised, um, which aligns with to be believed in uh, for men. So number four for um, an emotional need for men is this, and we kind of talked about this small group Thursday night. Uh, We need strength from other brothers, so we need proximity. Everybody say proximity. This is what it says, and I didn't put this in the, in the outline, but this is what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend to show r- rage or worthy purpose. So basically, iron sharpens iron. If you're not sharp, how can you sharpen somebody else? Because a lot of times, you know, as men, you know, we, we try to do something from a deficit instead of doing it from a place of abundance. So when we've grown, when we've been open and vulnerable, when, we, when we've been honest with ourselves, we've been aware of ourselves, we've been open, then we can grow in that area. And then that when we are around other brothers, then we can strengthen other brothers. We can lean on one another. So as, as an emotional need for men is, we need proximity because women, they have that. Because a woman can call her, her girlfriend up, hey, girl, this is what's going on, this is what happened. But sometimes as men, we don't really want to do that because we think we, we kind of we want to figure that thing out on our own. But when you are surrounded in a community like this by men who want to help you grow, then you'll be able to be sharpened by the other man. Because, listen, what you're going through is not just for you, men. What you're going through is for you to help other men as well. Because what I go through is to help other men. What you go through is to help other men. And so we have to learn how to be in proximity. And a beautiful place to be in proximity of other strong men is in the church. Is in the church. So everybody, everybody say proximity. Proximity. And number five, Lady Pilar. Number five, an emotional need for women is to feel permanence. To know that you are rooted and grounded in a thing so when the wind blows and the storm comes and the you know the heat is 110 degrees at 10 a.m we know that we will survive and we know this because we have built each other up because we have created security because we know that we are partnered with purpose because we are positioned with authority we can feel permanence because we lean into god and we know that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. I'm going to read John 16:33. And I want you to think about all the things that we have overcome, all the things that we have planned that didn't work out the way we wanted it to. And I want you to listen to this from that space. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous because I have already conquered it. And to know that our God goes before us and is behind us and is beside us, it's the most powerful thing that we can have to know that not only did God create the world, he recognized that we fail and then he sent his son to redeem us. And even after the redemption, he then said, you know what, I'm going to send another part of myself to walk with you, to be with you and to guide you, the Holy Spirit. That is an ever-loving God, y'all. I could not imagine making trip to have him 
die for y'all. I just ain't, I ain't quite that yet, you know? And I never will be, and that is why God is God and we are us. And we have to remain reverent of the Holy Spirit, be aware of his presence in our lives, because that will create the strength that we need to know that all things work together. And that's everything, every single piece of breath, every single heartache and, and disheartening moment. All of these things come together and work for our good. And knowing that makes me feel peace. That's good. So that, that's really good that you said all things work together for the good of them that love God and those called according to his purpose and will. Because the last emotional need for men um, is perspective. Everybody say perspective. So what do we mean by perspective? Um, that our differences need to be appreciated. Because the men, the man and the woman are different. And so our differences need to be appreciated because our differences is, what's, is what makes our relationship go. Because where I'm strong in, she may be weak in. Where she's strong in, I may be weak in. So when we come together and we say, you know what, we're going to respect our differences. We're going to say the perspective, our perspective of our differences, they're going to both be appreciated on both sides. It's not just going to be, you got you to gotta respect me because I'm a man. You got to respect my differences. No, you gotta we got to learn to appreciate one another. And so I want to ask you this. Uh, would you say that the emotional needs of women and men basically align? Absolutely. You want to go back through them? I just want to take turns saying P words. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. And guess what? It was her idea. Let's see, Lady P, it was her idea uh, to go with this with the P words. <laughs> All right. It really wasn't. It just, ha I was trying to do it for him. Y'all know he likes alliterations, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, I, you know I'm I Baptist at heart. You know, I'm Baptist at heart. So it has to, it had to, I got to alliterate somewhere in there. Is that a word, alliterate? Yeah. It is? Okay, thank you. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> thank you. All right. So one for women is positioned. Um, for number one is to be preferred. For men, to be preferred preferred partnered to be to have positivity to be protected to have persistence to be praised proximity to feel permanence and perspective so listen when we honor the emotional needs for each other we can see our world get better because that's what happens a lot of times we think that Okay, well, this person just, I'm just supposed to um, receive all my needs met, and I'm not supposed to meet their needs. And with that type of mindset, then we, the other person goes lacking. And when that other person goes lacking, then that other person may go seeking that from someone else or from something else. Um, and so when we learn to honor one another and say, you know what, I'm going to honor the emotional needs of my spouse. I'm going to do everything I can to honor the emotional needs of my spouse. And then she turns around and says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor the emotional needs for my husband. When we have each other's back, then we can really see our marriage flourish. You can really see your life flourish when you have each other's back. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It's going to be our last scripture, and we're going to wrap it up here. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Everyone there? If you're there, say there. If you're not, say wait on me. All right. I didn't hear anybody, so I'm going to go. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. It says, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family. 
giving precedence and showing honor to one another. See, a lot of times when we think about honor, we just think it is just one way. Well, I'm just supposed to honor the pastor. I'm just supposed to honor the apostle. I'm just supposed to honor the bishop. No, we're supposed to honor each other. Because we're supposed to honor all the way around. Honor doesn't just go to the top. Honor happens all the way around. So when we honor all the way around, then we can see power. We can see our life happen better, and we can see an abundant life happen for us. And so we want you to be emotionally strong here. We want you to be aware of your emotions here. And we're not just going to, uh, we're not just going to talk about this from this perspective, but in your small groups, we talk about this. So if you're not a part of a small group, you should be a part of a small group. If you're not a part of the Sunday school small groups, men's small group, millennial women's small group, you should be a part of a small group because you have the opportunity to grow in that, in that area, in the area of emotional intelligence. And we are always looking for new small group leaders. Yes. See me after service, please. Yes, yes. With, so, so, so with the way we are growing, we want to make sure that we continue to build a relationship with one another. How do you build a relationship with one another? By participating in events that we have at the ministry. So small groups, um, night outs, uh, things like that. So that's how you grow in, in the areas of your life. Because, listen, God did not create you to do life alone. He didn't create you to do life alone. He created you to do life with one another. He created us to do life with one another. And so when we understand that in community, that God created us to do life with one another, then we can see growth spiritually. We can see growth emotionally. We can see growth mentally. We can see growth financially. Because there may be some financial hacks that somebody knows that you don't know, and they can tell you, and it can help your financial life get better. Because that's what momentum is about. Amen? So, babe, can you, can you pray uh, over the people today to have... Uh, a renewed sense of emotional intelligence. How many of you all were blessed by this this morning? Awesome. God, we thank you for this message today. Let it have resonated and settled and then grow something from it. God, we ask that we continue to till the field of our minds that we become more aware and more just engaged with ourselves. The more that we spend time knowing you, the more that we can know us. God, we ask that we just begin to pick out the parts of us that are not supposed to be there. Help us to connect with the people that can help us to tilt our hearts and our minds. God, help us to discern what is good, what is holy, what is pure, what is of you, and give us the strength to say no to the things that are not. God, we ask that you guide our steps. We ask that we hear your voice louder and louder and louder and louder. God, take us to a place that we have never been before in faith, because our faith is what makes you smile. God, we want to grow in faith. We want to grow in courage. We want to honor you. Help us. So today we surrender ourselves. We release everything that we thought before was right. And today we accept what you say is true, what you say is good, what you say is holy. And we begin to live those things and breathe those things. We will reproduce those things. 
you are all that we need, and we recognize that. We thank you for your presence. Amen. 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 Let's give God some praise for Lady Pilar, my great help meet. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to join us this morning. And um, you all stay? Okay. Hey, sounds good to me. So I'm asking our prayer team to join me this morning. We're going to allow for some space and some areas. I want you to ask yourself this. Holy Spirit, say it like you mean it. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So prayer team, we're going to allow for some space and some areas this morning. And uh, if Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart this morning, I don't want you to, to be afraid to make that move if Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Because sometimes we can... We can be a little bit afraid, you know, we can be in an atmosphere like this and be a little bit afraid. So if you're here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to know God for yourself, uh, we want to give you that opportunity to have a relationship with him because he loves you. And the whole, the whole meaning of life is for God to, to have a relationship with you. If, if you read the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you will see that God is just trying to have a relationship with you because he loves you. So if you're here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to know God for yourself, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. Secondly, and you are here and you desire for one of our prayer team members to pray with you, to touch and agree with you in any area. Look, they're not going to judge you. They're not going to say, you did what? You, you know what? They're going to love you and pray with you and touch and agree with you in faith. So if you're here this morning and you desire for one of our prayer team members to pray with you, we want to give you that opportunity. And lastly, and you're here and you want to join Momentum, you want to become a part of what we are doing here as a ministry, you're saying, you know what, I need to be a part of that faith community. You need to be a part of a community. You need, see, church is not just church just to go to church. A lot of times, you know, we just go through the motions of church, just go through the motions. But you need to be in a faith-believing, word-teaching community. So if you're here this morning and you uh, desire to join momentum we want to give you that opportunity so one if you're here you desire to be saved two if you're here you desire your prayer three if you're here and you desire to join momentum we want to give you that opportunity this morning so i want you just right where you are just kind of close your eyes and just focus on him focus on christ this moment if he's speaking to your heart don't be afraid to make that move this morning if he is speaking to your heart this morning. Amen. He's speaking to some hearts this morning. He's doing some healing this morning.
God is he's speaking to some hearts this morning. If God is speaking to your heart, look, don't delay. Don't wait. A lot of times I know we try to wait. Well, I'm going to just wait until this happens. I'm going to wait until this happens. I'm going to wait until this happens. But if God is speaking to your heart this morning, uh, we want you to, to, to follow Holy Spirit because he's, he's tugging on some hearts this morning. Amen. 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 Well, if everyone would stand to their feet this morning, let's get ready to head home. Thank you, prayer team. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to meet you all at this door instead of the back door. We'll meet them at this back door. So, um, Awesome. Let's look from God and pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you. We thank you for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. God, we thank you, Lord God, for speaking to your people's heart, Lord God, and healing hearts. We pray, Lord God, that we will be, um, you will teach us how to become aware of the emotions that we have and that they will only be indicators and not dictators. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for each and every person who is watching this on live stream. We pray that this week will be a good week filled with great news, filled with strong immune systems, filled with unexpected checks in the mail, filled with favor with you and favor with man. So, God, 